0: Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome to the very first episode of Engines and Energy Drinks, your weekly fix for everything automotive-related. Today we're going to go over what's new and what's good, followed by an automotive YouTuber special feature, and finishing with some bring-a-trailer analysis. But first, I'd like to give a quick shout-out to Anchor. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast, It's the only app that lets you create and host unlimited episodes and distribute your show everywhere with a single tap, all in one place, all for free. You can find Anchor by searching anchor.fm, or you can find it on the App Store. I'll be Anchor, Will. What's going on, everyone? Thanks for tuning in. So yeah, let's get right into it. So without further ado, let's get to our first talking point of the day which is, what is new? First off, Mazda celebrates a milestone birthday with special edition 100th anniversary models. To celebrate an entire century of making cars, Mazda is introducing 100th anniversary special special editions to practically every single car in the current lineup. So that includes the Miata MX-5, the Compact, Mazda 3, and even the CX-9 Crossover. Some features you will get with these 100th anniversary special models are snowflake white pearl paint with red accents, red leather seats featuring a 100th anniversary logo in the headrest, red carpeting, and badges that read 100 years 1920 to 2020 on the front fenders, as well as special red and black wheel caps. Thoughts on that? Well, I definitely think that Mazda's going in a good direction with this. You know, other than the ARC-7s, Mazda's really haven't been much of a collector, like collector vehicles. So, uh, hopefully these things hold their value well. I mean, it's a hundredth anniversary. It's a big deal. And obviously Mazda's been in the, at the top of the automotive game for a while now. So yeah, hopefully these things, uh, they turn out nicely and they, uh, Hold their value. We'll see see how they do. Absolutely. Great way to celebrate a iconic car manufacturer like Mazda. They're making cars for 100 years now. And yeah, these could be collector cars in the near future. Moving on. McLaren. Rumors say the next McLaren sports car could be with a brand new powertrain. Typically... McLaren has been sticking with the V8 Twin Turbo, Um, but there have been rumors that McLaren will use a turbocharged V6 with a hybrid system, so that will be the first hybrid engine in a McLaren since the P1, and this is a totally new step for McLaren, Um, a lot of other Car companies have been switching to hybrid power, a lot going full electric. So, is McLaren the next one to do it? And what kind of effect do you think this is going to have on the brand and maybe the people buying these cars? Well, um, so just like my per- my personal opinion on McLaren's, uh, not really. I wasn't really much of a fan of the the powertrains that they're using right now, the the twin turbo V8. I think they're great-looking cars. Obviously, you know, uh, everyone. I think everyone loves lo- the look of the McLaren 720. Great-looking car, 600 lt great Great-looking car. But I just, I've always found the powertrain, though it it does put out really good performance numbers. I just think the powertrain on those, the sound is just not as exciting. So uh, we'll see what the v the V6 hybrid. To me, honestly, uh, not. It, it that doesn't really excite me that much, you know, personally more of a naturally aspirated into naturally aspirated motors. So, I mean, we'll see what happens. Uh, electric motors combined with turbocharged motors is good though. It kind of like what we see, like what we saw in the second generation NSX, it, it really eliminates a lot of the turbo lag. So, you know, perhaps that has a really like positive impact on performance, but just, just personally, not a, not a fan of uh, the hybrid technology, more of an old-school kind of person. Yeah, well, for probably the past decade, McLaren has been sticking to their plan. They've been building all their cars basically around the same components, uh, a car- carbon fiber um, chassis, and the twin-turbo V8. That's just kind of been their jam for the past couple of years. Um, seeing a change like that, is definitely something for any McLaren fans. Um, So according to AutoCard, they are reported to unveil a new model um, V6 with the turbo. And McLaren is saying possibly a range that will top the P1. So a little bit more efficient, maybe this will be similar to the most recent car, the GT, which got added to the lineup almost a year ago. So maybe something a little more grand touring focused with a longer range, or maybe we'll see something a little bit more track focused with a super high performance engine that will challenge the authority of the P1. Moving on. So the coronavirus crisis is forced NASCAR to delay the next-generation model to the 2022 season. Um, The new chassis was slated to debut at the 2021 Daytona 500 and was tested several times this year, but the development has been stopped by NASCAR because of the stay-at-home policies being issued across the country. The all-new car will feature several radical departures from the current model, including an independent rear suspension versus the solid rear axle, a six-speed sequential manual, and revised aerodynamics, and a single-lug 18-inch wheel. That's a big change. What do you think about it? we uh, well just talking about the, the virus and everything affecting the release of this, this car. Um, you know, there's, there's nothing we can do. Nothing anyone can do about it. Um there's a lot of a lot of people in the same position as NASCAR right here, so um it's a bummer, but you know, it is what it is. It's still gonna it's still gonna happen, just not when they wanted it to. And um but talking about like the new technology and stuff, lots of safety improvements going into these cars, which is really good to see as uh, you know racing, cars are getting faster, it's getting getting more dangerous, so uh, manufacturers have to adapt to that and just make these vehicles as safe as possible. So, yeah. Yeah, well, obviously the coronavirus complications have affected all motorsport. F1 has been cancelled for now. Been seeing a lot of the drivers take to racing simulators and eSports. But it's they've been trying their best to keep their hands in, which is great. As far as the new cargoes for NASCAR, the biggest thing that stuck out to me was the single lug wheels because you're always used to seeing the six lug out. And I don't know if that's gonna eliminate some of the drama you get to see on the TV when you're watching, but nonetheless I'm sure it's for the further development of the series in the car. Our last segment for this will be about Volkswagen and that is Volkswagen committing to building manual cars long term and to me as a volkswagen enthusiast volkswagen tech chief matthias rob was keen to point out with the demand for manual cars in the volkswagen lineup the company has been happy to oblige and continue offering manuals at a time with an increasing number of manufacturers moving away and The most recent example of this has been the brand new Mark eight golf GTI, which was supposed to debut at the Geneva international auto show. But due to the cancellation of that, no one has seen much of that car. But for one thing that we do know that that car will come with a six speed manual gearbox in all markets. And additionally will come with a seven speed DSG option. Thoughts on that? Um, so as a three pedal advocate, obviously this is a really big deal, and I know there's a lot of enthusiasts out there that are happy to see uh, Volkswagen sticking with the six speed because you know the six speed and just manual transmissions are just slowly starting to dwindle away. You know, everyone's most manufacturers just get really wrapped up around performance, and you really kind of they start kind of start to lose uh, lose sense for. Uh, building driver's cars, so great to see Volkswagen still uh, recognizes that lots of enthusiasts uh, are interested in their cars because of, obviously, affordable price tag and you know marginal performance, so um, definitely good to see, and hopefully more manufacturers take note of this and start to bring back the manuals. Absolutely, especially with the high demand for cars by the consumers as well as uh, government regulations with good fuel economy. Lots of manufacturers have been changing engine platforms and more specifically developing automatic transmissions that can abide to those new regulations for the economy. Um, But you can tell that Volkswagen is very consumer focused, especially with cars like the GTI still being produced a very traditional car for them. Um, They've really stuck to their roots over the years. Um, The car is evolving over time, but it's still a very timeless car. The design continues. You can see the evolution of that car. It just shows that Volkswagen is a very consumer-focused brand, and I think that really speaks volume for the company as a whole, and um, it's definitely going to continue to attract people to buy Volkswagens over the coming years with this announcement. All right, so uh, let's move into what's cool. So what happened this week? What came out this week that was cool? So something I saw was the release of the Audi RS3 Nardo edition. So the RS3 is basically the high-performance model of the A3, which is sort of the entry-level Audi. And lots of uh, enthusiasts, big fans of the RS3, big fans of the five-cylinder so basically, the Nardo edition. It's a we're gonna make 200 units that will be sold in the United States. Uh, same powertrain as the normal RS3, 2.5 liter uh, turbocharged five cylinder, seven-speed dual-clutch DSG. Uh, put out 400 horsepower, and Audi has taken a little bit off the limiter, so now you can reach I think 173 miles hour is the new top speed, and it will be starting at $60,895, which is a $3,000 bump up compared to the normal RS3, and I really like the direction Audi's going with this car because, um, obviously, Nardo Grey, really popular color. It's sort of like a flat cement color. Lots of people, big fans of that color. Uh, you know, I see a lot of people that wrap their cars in Nardo Grey because it's it's a rare color. Not a lot of Audis uh, have that option, and I think for them to make a limited number of one of their most successful cars, RS three, in that color is definitely a good move for them. And I think these things will uh, they'll definitely hold their value well, and they could potentially become collectors. You know, two hundred cars in the U.S. That's not very much. I think potentially we could see these things going for higher than MSRP uh, once they. Uh, arrive and then you just look at the performance numbers i mean 3.50 to 60 i mean that that's that would hang with a lot of uh maybe older generation supercars and and keep up with some of today's performance cars and for sixty thousand dollars that's a really good value absolutely i mean not only is there a high demand for the uh 2020 rs3s right now um Releasing a limited edition model in a color with as high demand as Nardo gray is a really good move for Audi. So, like you said, 200 units. There's definitely going to be an MSRP bump up um, at dealers when they first start selling. Um, If you're looking to buy one, I'd I'd expect you to want to wait a little bit longer. Because there's definitely going to be a few of these that pop back up in the dealer with only a couple hundred, couple thousand miles in them that price is going to go back down and that's probably the time to buy unless you really need to get one now. Um, But when you buy this car, still you're going to get that Audi quality, the 12.3-inch digital instrument cluster, Apple CarPlay, also Android Auto, if that's what you use. Um, Same electronic magnetic ride suspension as the TT and the R8. So taking some parts from the higher performance models so that just goes to show the amount of seriousness audi has when they're bringing this car to the market um definitely a good buy definitely i think a smart move for audi gonna uh, to come out with this car so tell me a little bit because i know you're a big advocate for the dsg so just just tell me a little bit uh what do you think about that transmission and you know uh compared to say like a pdk from porsche just like the performance of that gearbox in such a uh, low lower level cars like Audi and Volkswagen. Well, uh, DSG is a fantastic transmission. Um, very similar to a PDK shift times are pretty much right there. Um, the best thing about it is you can buy it in a, a, a base model, a three you can get it in a base model GTI from Volkswagen So it's accessible to a lot of people. And I think that's what makes it great. You know, you don't have to have a lot of money to have a DSG and it's fantastic automatic transmission, much better than you pay for in some higher end luxury cars. Um, It adds a little bit of drivability to the car. As far as a a driver's car, I think it makes it a little bit more fun once you put it in that manual mode and you can shift through the gears. Um, It definitely adds a little bit of drama to your daily commute. So Definitely good transmission. Maintenance is good. There's a lot of cars out there that use this transmission, so parts are never hard to find. Most shops can fix one if it breaks. So I think the DSG has really evolved into being a fantastic transmission for Audi. All right, so that's what's cool this week. RS3 Nardo Edition, definitely really excited to see what happens with that car. Uh, definitely. Uh, Can't wait to see it on the road. So let's move into the YouTube portion. All right. So this will be our YouTube special feature this week. So we're going to go with the Stradman. Obviously, his channel is going in a great direction right now. His views are up. He's bought a lot of new cars. His channel is really taking off right now. A lot of new subscribers. I know I'm one. So let's, let's see what's going on in his life right now. Um, his Gallardo is getting twin turboed at the moment. I know it's in Chicago and that's a first generation Gallardo. It's a gated manual, if I'm correct. So thoughts on that? Yep. Gated. Um, so is, is it getting a underground racing twin turbo? Uh, it is not. I don't think so. I think it's actually IP. It's at rogue. In Chicago, I don't know what kit, it's in, but I know it's getting twin turbo. Um, so just just some thoughts on that generation, obviously. So that's the five liter V10. So not the five point two that we we saw in the later generation Gallardo and then into the Huracan and the R8. So it's a great engine. Um, even unlike the five point two, has evenly firing cylinders, and. It makes a really big difference in the sound. Uh, I really like the sound of the 5-liter compared to the 5.2. Then obviously having that gated 6-speed just really brings the whole car to life. And then adding the twin turbos, uh, I, just, I think it's going to be insane. Yeah. So the parts are being made right now. And test fitting will be happening over the next few days, even with all this coronavirus stuff going on so we'll be looking to the Stradman's channel for updates on that car next we're going to talk about his Gladiator so that thing's going under a six by six transformation at Agility Customs in Utah they're working on the layout and design right now before cutting the frame for the chassis really excited to see what that comes he seems really excited about that car the engine swap obviously was really exciting Cars making big numbers as far as power goes. Um, very capable car. It's probably going to be good for him in the winters in Utah. Obviously, the purple wrap, the white wheels, I think it looks amazing. I think the Gladiator from the factory doesn't look very good. But I think once you get the right wheels, suspension, tires, it really perks up the looks of the car. Um, I'm excited to see what it looks like. I'm excited to see the finished product. Yeah, I mean the for me, I, I think the I don't think it looks bad, but I think um, it could be better. And obviously, the powertrain on that car from from factory is really underwhelming. So, um, him putting the elephant, the supercharged V8 in the Gladiator, uh, I think that was a great move. And it sounds mean, uh, like you said, performance numbers. Really impressive, and I I think it's a badass truck Um, from what what he started with. I think it's a great improvement. Yeah, so they're just finishing working up on the layout, and I know he's got 38s on it right now, and I think he's switching it to 40s, so I think he's going to be riding pretty high. Make some adjustments to the fenders on the car, so pretty much a full custom exterior. He's going to end up with a really cool finishing product. Next we have the 2020 Supra. I know that car is at VF Engineering getting the Hex Tune. I think only two more weeks or so expected until this car comes back. Uh, I love this 2020 Supra. I think it's a pretty cool car. Very, very nice for a Toyota. I think the quality is it's up there definitely for the cars that it's in the market against. I was a little bit worried when I saw the figures expected for the 2020 Supra because I didn't know how a Toyota was going to compete in the same market as a BMW or a Porsche or a GT350. I just didn't really see that happening. But the Supra's definitely proven itself. The interior is really nice. A lot of components from BMW, they've really helped contribute to make that car what it is. Uh, a lot of people... Don't like the powertrain on that car. I think that's probably one of the best engines BMW has right now. Um, I think it sounds pretty good. I think the tuner potential in that engine is good. And I think that's what a lot of people were looking for in a new Supra. Because obviously the Supra, probably the most legendary tuner car in the world, perhaps. And it's cool to see a, company like vf engineering that's way up there in the world of car performance enhancements working on cars like lamborghinis and mclarens it's really cool to see that they have something to offer for the supra to just take it up to the next level uh, yeah just to to go off on what you're saying about the, the tuning potential on that car um it's a really capable engine and i think you're you're right on about that being one of the better b m w engines uh on offer right now uh I just saw adam lz's mark five uh is he was running nine second quarters in on it, and I don't really know what setup he had on it i think he might might have had drag slicks on, but i mean for what a sixty thousand fifty thousand dollar car i think uh it's pretty impressive and uh Obviously, VF is a really well-known, and uh, it's a great company, and I'm excited to see what they do to it. I'm excited to see – I think it'll be uh, putting out some really impressive numbers. Yeah. So next we have his Ferrari 430 Challenge car. Honestly, not the biggest fan of that car. I think it's pretty cool, though, for what it is, super track focus. Don't really know how he daily drives it or not, he doesn't daily drive, but I don't even know how he gets it from place to place in Utah. Uh, super low, super loud, super, super raw experience. It weighs practically nothing. It's a full, it's a, basically a full race car on the street. Um, last time it was in a Strad video. I think the Pentium broke and I believe that's fixed now. And it's just sitting at makes and models. Because he doesn't have anywhere to park it currently with his house setup going on, um, don't really care for the turquoise wrap either. But nonetheless, it's a pretty cool car. Yeah, if you, I mean, if you're looking for the like ultimate like raw driving experience, it doesn't really get get much better than driving a race car. So, uh, I mean, I think he's right on with if he if that's what he was looking for. I think he's he's right on the challenge car all right so next we have the c8 corvette that car has been getting a lot of action in his recent videos he took it to a dry lake bed he's been doing a lot of launch control he just took it on a huge road trip across the country um really cool to see that car get a lot of attention especially since it's such a big car for the car community right now a lot of people are trying to get on a lot of people are paying close attention to that car um he's getting it wrapped i believe he's getting the purple wrap and then he's doing the white Vossen wheels on it um i'd really like to see him do a twin turbo i've seen a lot of people talk about that i know uh, tj's been talking about that on his channel um Hennessy has been putting YouTube videos out. They already have a twin-turbo C8. It sounds wicked. It looks wicked fast. Um, They do have the prototype body kit out for it. Probably one of the best things I've seen on that car so far. Best body kits, best modifications to that car. Has a roof scoop, the rear wing. It looks pretty close to the racing version of the C8. So really excited to see what Hennessy does with that. I don't know if that's the direction uh, Stradman wants to go with that car because, obviously, he's been daily driving it so far. It's been reliable um, and all, all that. But definitely something I would be interested in if I had that car. Then again, I don't know what Stradman's intentions are with it. So we'll just have to see what he decides to do after the new wrap and the new wheels go on. Yeah, I think you're right on uh, about uh, Hennessy. I think they're doing all the right stuff to that car. Uh, I hope S- Stradman, uh, If he, I think if he put the twin turbo on it and he also got the uh, body kit, I think uh, that'd definitely be one of the coolest cars on YouTube right now. Uh, I think I was taking a look at the numbers. I think they're predicting around 800 wheel horsepower, and that's with stock internals. So, um, yeah, definitely lots of potential with that car. I'm excited to see what he does with it. Um, That's about it for the updates on his car, his cars right now. He's still got the Ford GT that just got the FI exhaust. It sounds really good. Uh, the Aventador is still there. Uh, the white wheels just went back on it. The wrap with the orange, the purple and the white, it looks really good. First time we've seen it with the white wheels. Um, the Focus RS The Daily is still just chilling in the garage for now. Um, I've heard some rumors about him selling that car because he does have a Tesla Model Y that's on order. But he did make a post saying that he may cancel the Model Y order. So does that mean the RS will stay or does that mean maybe he's thinking about bringing something else to the channel? Uh, Yeah, I think, he seemed, uh, he didn't seem all in on the Model Y. Um, I think he's definitely a little skeptical about it, and I know also just the whole coronavirus thing definitely putting him off because, uh, it's a lot of money to be spending, in during this time during this crisis. So I think I think playing he he should play it safe. Just hang on to the RS for now. I mean the the model there's gonna be plenty of Model Ys out there, and yeah. Yeah, I've seen the Model Y driving around recently actually. It kind of looks like a Model X except the front end of a Model 3. It's a it's not quite as big. It's an interesting looking car. I uh, don't really have enough to say about it right now from what I've seen. Uh we'll we'll have to see what people are saying when some reviews come out, testing gets done by the magazines. So um, so a lot of stuff to be talked about with that car nothing is confirmed yet as far as what the Stradman is going to be doing with a Model Y if he is going to cancel the order or not so we'll have to stay tuned in to his YouTube channel to find that out about that and that will conclude our YouTuber special focus Stradman has a great YouTube channel like I said before his views are going up he, his platform is definitely expanding a lot of new subscribers. Definitely check his YouTube channel out if you're into cars. And from that, we will move on to the next segment. All right. So let's take a look at Bring a Trailer. And now if you don't know what Bring a Trailer is, it's an auction website. Lots of cool classics and modern sports cars, performance cars, or just, just anything that's rare or cool you can find it on bring a trailer. So I just went around, took a look, went through the, the auctions and just picked, picked four cars that really stood out to me. And let's go in and take a look. So first car I chose, uh, this is for sale right now, 1999 Alex Zanardi edition NSX. And this is one of 51, only 51 of these ever made. And this one's number 43. So this is a six-speed, uh, comes with a six-speed manual, 3.2 liter V6. And cool thing about this car comes factory with BBS wheels. And I think it looks really good. Honestly, if I were to get one of these, I, I don't think I'd touch it. I'd just leave it the way it is. Looks amazing. So there are six days left on this bid. It's up to $70,000. And just for reference, um, a 34000 in Nardi Edition went for $126,000 back in November. And this one has 57,000 miles. So we'll be looking around that same price window, maybe a little bit less. But, yeah, there's six days left to bid on it. Uh, Definitely going to be keeping an eye on this one. Really cool car, really rare. Uh, The pinnacle of the NSX, for sure. And then next up, we got a 1995 BMW 850 CSI 6-speed. So this is a really cool BMW, the last BMW V12 that is connected to a 6-speed manual. So there's only 225 of these that were made for the US. Um, This one has 40,000 original miles. It's Alpine white with red interior, which is a really cool color combo. there's 5 days left on this auction and the bid is up to $60,500. And a uh, similar 850 CSI um bid up to $101,500 back in January and it ended up not meeting the reserve so it didn't sell. So I think we could definitely see this one uh getting close to the 100 grand mark or even going over it. And the cool thing about the CSI is that it was actually manufactured in the M manufacturing facility, which is separate from BMW, but it actually doesn't have an M emblem on it. It's just the 850 CSI, not the M8 or something like that. But it has a lot of M parts. You can look around the car, lots of M badging all around. Uh, But this thing is definitely, prices are shooting up for these really rare only 225 so definitely high demand for these things right now and next up we got a 1994 porsche 911 speedster so this thing came with a 3.6 flat six gated to a five-speed manual there are only 427 of these made for the u.s market and this was really well optioned so it came comes with the cup wheels and it also came with recaro's which is a really rare option for this car so there's three days left to bid on this the current bid sits at 130,000. uh this is this car is definitely going to go for a lot really rare iconic porsche model uh they've been making speedsters i mean this they just came out with a 991 speedster they've been making them pretty much ever since they've been making cars so definitely a timeless classic for porsche so we'll see what happens with that one and then our last car this car uh i was scrolling through and i just saw the picture and i was like wow this thing is really cool this is a 1969 aston martin dbs so this was the first uh first generation of the aston martin dbs the first year they produced these was 1967 and this one has a four-liter straight six matching uh engine code with the VIN number. Comes with a five speed manual, seventy-three or seventy-three thousand original miles. And this is actually a premium bid, so there's twelve days left on it. And uh current bids up to eighty-five thousand. Uh just a beautiful car. Um definitely recommend you go check this thing out. Uh Uh, definitely a good representation of Aston Martin's craftsmanship and performance. So, yeah, definitely go look at Bring a Trailer. Go check out these cars. And then there's plenty of other good options out there. uh, If pretty much find anything on that website. So definitely recommend you go check it out. And that will conclude the Bring a Trailer portion of the podcast. So let's move into the final final part, which would be our fan question. And our fan question this week would be, if you had to sell your car and use the money to replace it, what would you buy? So, uh, Sam, what what do you think for this one? Uh, for me, I love my car. I don't think I would sell it because I don't really see anything on the market that can compete with my car as far as how fun it is, how well it is, or how good it is to just be a daily driver. It pretty much does everything. It's a hatchback, so I have a Mark Six GTI Drivers Edition. It's a 2013. It has the PZEV warranty, so it's 15 years, 150,000 miles. Uh, full powertrain warranty it covers everything. Um, fantastic warranty. I've lost uh, an engine coil, caused my engine to misfire. Uh, radiator, uh, some sensors have gone bad, and I haven't had to pay a dime on that it's all been under warranty. So it saved saved a lot of money with that. Um, The driver's edition comes with uh, red stitching on the seatbelts, red stitching on the steering wheel, the shift boot, and also a golf ball shift knob on the DSG. It comes with red stitching on the e-brake. It comes with the Watkins Glen, sometimes referred to as Laguna wheels. So it's a gray. Multi-spoke wheel, a big change from the typical wheels you'll find on a Mark VI. Uh, very similar to the wheels on the Mark One GTI, so it's kind of a homologation wheel. Um, it comes with LED headlights as well. Um, fantastic car to drive, super reliable. Um, I, I don't really have any complaints about it. It's been... A very fun car for me. But if I did have to replace it, I would probably go with a Audi S5, um, the V8 model. So it's the 4.2. I'd get it linked up with a six-feet manual. Fantastic uh, daily driver, great grand tour. It's a little bit big. It's a little bit heavy. Uh, but it's an Audi, so it's very nice. And you have that wonderful V8 soundtrack. So it's the same engine from the first-generation Audi R8. Um, great seats in that car as well. And I think the design on that car is fantastic. Uh, you, you can't really beat that design. I think that's probably the best looking A5 model of all time. Um, unfortunately, that was the only S5 to receive the 4.2 V8. The next A5 model was the RS5 um, a few years after, I believe in 2013. That received the 4.2 V8. That's also a great car, but definitely out of budget. Um, for the kind of of money I would make from selling my car. But that would have to be my final verdict on that. Definitely love my car, though. Definitely, I don't know, maybe try to find another GTI, honestly. Maybe find one with a manual. Yeah, it's definitely hard to beat the value of the GTI. Uh, It's a lot of car for the money. Uh, So my answer to this question would be... You know, I'm kind of in the same boat. Uh, I really like my car, and uh, we've put a lot of money into it because it's an old year. It's an old year. Uh, two thousand four Mark four R thirty two Volkswagen. Uh, probably one of the, arguably one of the best Volkswagens ever made. So it's got the VR the three point two liter VR six, uh, gated to a six speed manual. So really, just the ultimate setup, for a hatchback um yeah i mean i love it i love having three pedals just makes daily commuting just more fun Um, but if i absolutely had to get rid of it i would go for another uh, reliability disaster in the (laughs) e39 m5 i just really i really want to have a v8 Uh, i really want to have a lot of horsepower and rear-wheel drive uh, the E thirty nine boasting around four hundred fifteen horsepower, I believe, uh, five liter V eight. Uh, you know, I just I think having a real draft car would be kind of fun, just to maybe have a little fun swinging it or getting sideways in the rain or something. Just have have some fun with it. Um, and I think it's a it's a really good looking car for sure. Uh, obviously, and it's a they only made them in manual, so it's a driver-focused car for sure. But I can't complain about the R32. Uh, As as long as it's working, it's the only car I'd want to be driving right now. And that will wrap things up for our first podcast. Uh, I'd like to thank you guys for tuning in to Engines and Energy Drinks. Uh, Definitely tune in next Friday. We'll be posting every Friday. Um be covering the same topics and we'll be uh definitely we'll mix things up too but let us know if you have any requests uh, you want to want to try something new uh we'd be open to hearing your suggestions all right guys thank you so much for tuning in again another shout out to anchor uh the best app for a new podcast creator definitely check it out if you're interested in making a podcast. Uh, Super easy to use. Um, Definitely a great platform to get started on and spread awareness of your videos and your podcasts. Super easy to share and super easy to get well-known. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week.